Yeah, I've never been in a fight. Like, good. Yeah, like I've been in a couple almost close calls. Um, one time I worked at Subway, a customer threw a sandwich at me. <laughs> and, hey, man, that was a pretty traumatic experience. That was assault with a deadly sandwich right there. So what happened was, let me, let me give you a breakdown on this. Uh, a little child comes in, and he's like, can I get two teriyaki sandwiches? This shit happened to me almost 10 years ago now. Still remember it as if it was yesterday. Kid comes in, he's like, can I get two foot-long teriyaki sandwiches, teriyaki chicken, on Italian herbs and cheese? Right? And I make it for him. Gets it toasted. Everything's good. Puts everything on there. He comes back with one foot long and a six inch because he ate half of it. I don't even know if he ate it or if his dad ate it. Well, I'm pretty sure his dad ate it. So he comes in and he's like, hey, my dad said that this sandwich is too stale. And I'm like, all right, yeah, no problem. Like, I'll, I'll remake the sandwiches for you. So I pull him fresh bread. We had just pulled it from the oven, right? And it's just cooled down, soft to the touch, not stale, nothing. And I cut it for him. I make it. He toasts it, right? Comes back. The other six inch was eaten. Comes back with the foot long. And he's like, my dad said it was too stale. What? He wants some money no. back. And I said, sorry, dude. I'm not giving you your money back. You ate one of the sandwiches. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And this kid was like under 10. <laughs> and the dad comes back. He's all mad. The sandwich is unwrapped. He's like, this is stale. And I'm like, oh. What do you mean? That looks fine to me. I'm like, it was fresh bread. Like, there's the bread still on the cooling rack. I pulled that loaf. Look, you can see the empty loaf pan with two pieces missing. It's like, it was fresh bread. It's like, no, it's too crunchy. It's it's stale. And I'm like, you got it toasted. Do you understand what happens when you toast bread? (laughs) It becomes crunchy, my guy. And he's like, listen, just give me my money back. And I'm like... You ate a sandwich. I'm not going to give you money back for something you ate. And he wasn't saying give me money back for this one that I didn't eat. He wanted the money back for, for the both one of them. he for, Okay. Yeah. Wow. So I'm like, all right, this motherfucker's trying to get a free food for him. <laughs> yes, and of and course, it's like, dude, let your son decide the bread is too stale. You <laughs> ate yours, said it was too stale, and then gave it back. He's a nah. The kid tried to eat it. No, that's yeah. just stale. You can't eat yeah, that. Yeah, you can't no, eat No, I can eat it. Yeah, no. so like, I hate parents that do that. Yeah, like fucking helicopter parents, dude. And then, so, all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but there's just <laughs> a fucking cloud of lettuce. <laughs> I'm covered in teriyaki chicken. A fucking cloud. A cloud of lettuce. And a teriyaki chicken sandwich is a heavy sandwich, right? Yeah. Like, it's two trays of teriyaki chicken. It was loaded with lettuce, tomato, pickles, and teriyaki sauce. Already, that's pretty heavy. Fucking throws it at me. The only time in my life I had said this. Uh, <laughs> well, so first off, he starts to walk away, and I flip him off like, fuck you, dude. And he starts talking shit, and I'm like, come at me, bro. That was <laughs> yes. the first time I'd ever said that. What year is this? This is like 2012, 2013. Okay, that's the time for come yeah, at me, bro. Yeah, yeah, that was like when that was hot and everything. <laughs> And uh, he looks at the bane, like the, the thing that holds the food in front of me. Yeah. And he's like, he, he like gestures towards me. He's like, what, dude? I can't do shit. And I'm like, you're right. You can't do shit. <laughs> so I walked around and I ripped my gloves off and I got in his face. <laughs> and I just like start yelling at this dude. And he starts yelling back. 
And as I'm walking out, I'm like, uh, to my coworker, my coworker's at the register just watching all this happen. And I'm like, dude, call the fucking cops. And he's just like standing there. He wasn't calling the cops or anything. And so I'm like in this dude's face. I didn't want to swing first because I didn't know yeah, if I no, could or not. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. So I just got in his face. We bickered back and forth. He looked like he was about to swing, but I was like ready to attack him. And he, you look at me. I'm a large dude. Yeah. Like I, he was a little shorter than me and I was like about the same height, like an inch or two shorter. Yeah. But I was like in his face ready to fucking go. Like you don't fuck with a minimum wage worker that's got nothing to lose and can easily find another minimum wage job. Yeah. You know, like you never, you never know. No, I don't need this job. I could fucking attack you, get fired and I'll be okay. Yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah. Like I looked with my parents at the time, no bills. Oh, you were, you were Gucci. Yeah. 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 And so he, he leaves, he gets out of the store. I call the cops, they come, file a report, and the cop's like, did, so did you fight him? And I'm like, well, I didn't swing first because I didn't know if that was, like, assault or anything. Like, I was waiting for him to swing first. And he's like, nah, man, him throwing the sandwich at you, that's assault. You could have fought him. It and been it, okay. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> as long as you don't break anything on him, you're fine. And I'm like, wow. hey, so a cop told me to pick my shots on the guy. Hey, next time I'm taking my shots at niggas. Yeah. You muffled. can't please everybody. You can't please everybody. Things get lost in translation, lost in uh, circumstance, and misunderstandings arise. Exactly. And then sometimes people get hurt emotionally. Sometimes people get hurt physically. Yeah. And you know what, Gabe? It is us against the world. It is. Once that happens, you have a, a us against the world mindset. Yeah. Or if it's just you, it's me against the world. And hey. 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 Hello, everyone. And no one. Maybe some. This is some. episode nine. Nine. Right now. There better sure, be some ones. Yeah, we, we should have at least nine, maybe ten subscribers at this at point. At this point. Yeah. This, in the future. Yeah. In the, in the, in the future. This podcast is called Hey, That's the Name of the Album, the podcast with Gabe and Colin. Da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. Thank you. So what's the album we're talking about today? Me Against the World. Wow. Tupac. This is like, a, this is a big album, but it's not talked about like a, All Eyes on Me is. Right. But this is like a, this is like a time, this is like a weird like in-between moment for Pac. And it's a real kind of, this is like one of the crazier, when I say crazier, I always go, this is a crazy album. Because it's crazy to me. For me, it's the weird personal foreshadowing he's doing. Yes. Like, you hear the songs and you're like, "Uh, does he know he's about to die? (laughs) a year. Yeah. A year. That's crazy. He always knew. I think, I, I feel like. I mean, when you get shot on your way to record with somebody, you know your time is running out. Like, the fact that he survived that is great but he he had to know after that like he was running on borrowed time at that point you want to do you want to hear some facts yeah. about this album yes yeah, sure share me share me share with me facts about the album i got some facts who got facts i got some facts what are the facts, facts about the album hey okay so this album debuted while he was in uh prison nice debuted at number one billboard 200 held the top spot for four consecutive weeks topped the r&b and hip-hop albums chart dear mama was the first single also topped the stars most successful single of the album probably one of the most well-known tupac songs 
is Dear Mama. Big, huge single. Uh, Tupac was in jail because of assaulting the Hughes brothers, one of the Hughes brothers, for the movie uh, Menace to Society. He was mm. supposed to play the character O-Dog, I believe. Really? Yes. And he didn't get the part, and he beat the shit out of the dude. He had shot two off-duty cops. There was the rape charge. There's a lot of shit going on. Right before they were about to reach the jury verdict is when he got shot in the New York studio where Puffy and Dre and um, fucking um, Big were. And we've seen that in the Notorious movie. They was like, what's up, Pac? It's all good. Next thing you know, Pac's getting fucking, fucking laid down. And niggas got them all sprayed out. Like, that's insane to just be in the studio, just chilling, and niggas just run up on you like that. Yeah. And Did this you... is even before they were, like, really, like, East Coast, West Coast beef. This is, like... Like, that pretty much that. started it, right? This is the beginning of it. Yeah. This is, there was, there's, like, little little tings, like, back and forth. There was, like, tension. You know, just even when the West just started getting big with uh, NWA and Dr. Dre. And, and, and what was the reason for that? Just the popularity... It's of everything, or this, was it like the Bloods versus Crips type thing? This is it. New York is the birthplace of hip hop. Okay, and so they create everything, and it influences everybody. And then here comes N.W.A. becoming one of the first like big people in like hip hop that's not from New York. Yeah. It's not like a Dev Jam act. You know, and not Big Daddy Kane or KRS-One. None of those big East Coast, like, rappers. And so you get NWA, you get Ice-T, uh, you get all these big, too short, you know, as the years start going on. And then Ice Cube even co- goes over. When he leaves NWA, he comes over to the East Coast and records his first album. So, like, there's all these things going on. There's, like, a slow kind of thing. There's this dude, Tim Dog, who shoots, who makes a song called Fuck Compton. This is, like, 91, 92. One of the first times the East Coast rapper is taking shots at a West Coast rapper. And they kind of just, you know, East is, like, really protective of hip-hop and not really welcoming to the West Coast rappers for the most part because they're the new kids on the block. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, by 93, 94, you get Snoop, you get Dre, they start killing it, and it starts becoming hard for the East Coast rappers to make a living, to be really out here selling albums. Highest-selling albums in 92, 93, 94, Doggy Style and The Chronic. It isn't until Big comes along and Nas comes along and Wu-Tang comes along where East Coast rappers started becoming back into the forefront. And so by the time Pac is dropping this album, both sides are kind of coming at their best stuff. You know what I'm saying? And it's all about to come to a head at the Source Awards, which is, I think, is like three or four or five months from this um, from this album coming out. Pac is still in prison, and Suge gets on stage, and it's, fuck bad boy, uh, and then we got a it's war. It's always Suge. And, and then Suge bails, bails him out, bails him out, you're signed to death row, you're on like a, it's like a, they're neat, I wish there was like a TV, not a TV show, this deserves a movie. This whole this whole saga is like really interesting. <laughs> like, Did you see the show Unsolved? No. Uh, it's on Netflix right now. It's really good. It, it's about Tupac and Biggie, and it, like the actors that portray them, they did a really good job. They look like each person. Like it, it looks like 
they were pulled from like history and everything. Like, you know, the new Spider-Man that came out, all the villains came back right before they died in that Spider-Man universe. It kind of had that feel where it's like, Oh, Hey, we just rescued Tupac and Biggie. We got them in this show, but we had to send them back. We had to send them back to their doom. Yeah. But it was really good. Like they showed that, uh, shooting, they showed parts of him in jail and then they showed the friendship aspect because Tupac and Biggie did have that. They did. Where like Tupac would or Biggie would come out to L.A. and hang out. They were all cool, man. Yeah. That's what's so sad about it. That's they were excited that Pac was in the studio when when he got when he got a shot and when he got uh, robbed. So in the in the show, they paint it as uh, he gets shot in the lobby as he's arriving to the studio, and then. Uh, I'm I'm sure they did this just for dramatic purposes. Yeah. So he gets into the elevator, goes up, and everyone else is in the studio. Like Biggie's up there, and he's like walking all tough, and he just like spits up blood on him. And then <laughs> no. And then, yeah. And then Biggie's like, I didn't. Oh, I don't know what happened. Like, oh, we didn't. We didn't. Sit. But it like in the show, it just happened in the lobby as he got Be- there. Ugh. Hollywood man. I have questions for you too. Yeah, of course. After Go those facts, it. I had a few facts, but I have, now I have questions. So, okay. Um, yeah. Do you think you could survive five shots? I don't think so. Depends on where I get shot. Tupac got shot in the head, bro. Yeah. No way I can How? survive that. How did he survive? I don't know. Okay. Well, if you had, if you did, how do you think you would feel if you were survive five shots and one you got one to the head? Like afterwards, yeah. like after I recovered, yeah, I would feel like a fucking god if right? I get shot five times, once in the head, and I survived, and now I'm good. Like, I, I would, would feel immortal. Maybe no. It would feel like it was me against the world. It would feel like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, a little bit more lighthearted question. Um, what does hip hop mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, um, what do you think about, and even, this is not even just a hip-hop thing, I think this is just um, all genres, the song about, your man isn't doing you right, you should have sex with me, those kind of songs. Because like, on Getaway, there's, you know, Tupac is basically simping for this woman, mm-hmm. and he's just like, you gotta get away, be with me, it's like... Can't you just get your own woman? Yeah, but at the same time, like No, we can't we can't allow this. I don't know, man. Sometimes you want to be with that person, you think they're with the wrong person. You never do I, to your homie, but if it's just some random fucking dude that Yeah, it's okay, he's fair game. Especially if you don't like the guy. If it's somebody you know and you're friends with, that's different. And I have had friends that did that to each other. And that's fucked up. It was bad. Yeah. <clears throat> Niggas was tripping, man. Yeah. And she wasn't even that cute. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think of, because I feel like with uh, Big, we compare both artists, Big's flow is very smooth and buttery, but I feel controlled in a lot of ways. What do you think of Pac's uh, free of conscious style? His, like, just... Bleh. It's kind of relaxing. Right? Like... I was listening to this album all day. I was driving to the east side, driving back. And it's like, I just fucking felt like I was feeling the flow. Like, feeling it in my body, you know? Have you heard the J. Cole line? Uh, uh, 
Pac was like Jesus, Nas wrote the Bible. No. I feel that so much on this. Because, yeah. like, he's just like, it's like, there's rhyme schemes on this album, obviously. There's structure, but it doesn't feel structured. It feels just like confessions and um, autobiographies out loud. Mm-hmm. That's all it just feels like. This guy is just telling me about his life. And it just so happens that he's rhyming and that there's a beat. And sometimes there's a background singer, you know? <laughs> and I it feel like... so organic and real. Yeah, and, and that's why people do like him so much and say he's the greatest. Because he's, he's he makes it sound effortless. Of, yeah, it just... It's unreal. Like, some of the stuff that he's, like, saying... I, w- I want to say a couple uh, bars. Um, Pussy and power is poetry, power and pistols. Plotting on murdering motherfuckers before they get you. Damn. Like... That's hard to pull off in the way I didn't even do. I didn't do that justice, especially that pussy and power paper thing. I'm seeing cemetery photos of my peers, conversations like they still here. Yeah. So it's haunting. One one of the things I've noticed with some artists is you you can tell they're reaching for the rhyme or yes. they're reaching for the theme. Yes. This just he sounds, does not. It just no, is. It is. It just is. Yeah. It's really hard to explain. It's like you can you can see what he's gonna say, but you can't see it at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's really, really, really strange, and like that's why like I've listened to this guy before. Like he's one of the first rappers I ever knew about. I think I told the story about seeing his uh, changes video and being like, I like him, and then my mom telling me he's dead, and like <laughs> that's what she told. You like me. him? Well, I, he's dead. I remember we went. We were we were watching the. I watched the video. And we went to Best Buy or someplace, and there was like a book, and like it was like a book, and it had like a painting of Tupac, and I was like, "Oh, I saw him," and my mom was like, "Yeah, he 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 passed away." I was like, and "He's like he's dead too." I was like, "No, he's not. I just saw a video of him." And then she had to explain to me music about that people make music and then you release it even <laughs> if they're dead. Like, I, it was my mom was very blunt with me. She did yeah. not mince any words. Well, I mean that's good. You know, she should be blunt with you. But like, I've never like gone through a whole Pac album from the beginning to end. I've heard many, many of his songs. Yeah. Many of his songs. But I've never gone from beginning to end with his albums. And it was kind of effortless. It was like the fastest hour and six minutes six minutes of an album I've ever listened to. It was just, the songs flew by because the themes are consistent. The instrumentals are consistent and amazing, too. They're, mm-hmm. like, really good. Like, this album is amazing. Phenomenal. <laughs> I'm sorry. I went off on a tangent there. I just love this. I, I was really, really surprised. I was like... I always talk about how great Ready to Die is because it was like Illmatic comes out, sets the world on fire. Ready to Die completely, completely shits on that and is like everything that is but times a thousand. But this is no fucking slouch either. This comes out a few months after that. This album is awesome. And I think it is on the same plateau as Ready to Die. I think it's just as good. I think it's an amazing album. There you go. Against the world. It's me, me and Pac against the world. Oh, okay. Well, Anybody let's... who don't fuck with Pac, you got a problem with me. Fist to cuffs. I don't fuck with Pac. All right, let's go. Let's, let's go right now. This is the end of our podcast, hey, everybody. Hey, guys, we got we to gotta end this podcast. We now. made it we nine might... episodes. Yeah. It, 
nine episodes. Honestly, I'm happy it took us nine episodes to get to fighting each other. You know what? Yeah, yeah. I've been wanting to punch you ever since you made me do fucking Katy Perry. I'm sorry. I actually am sorry about that. I know. It's fine. It's uh, We have our benchmark for uh, bad albums. God, we're just shitting on this thing, man. At least... Well, see, we have to mention it every episode. Every episode. So this was our mention for this episode. <laughs> and then that fucking Eagles album. Same, Fuck the Eagles, too! I'm glad we didn't do that. But we had been hearing Eagle songs playing like they, out uh, and about lately. So maybe we got to choose uh, another one of their albums that's not complete shit. I think that's a that is a good payoff. Yeah, I think I really like their last one in the long run, so maybe we do that one. We'll we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll talk I'll, about. I'll it. I'll see. We'll see your. I'll see your list. You'll see my list. Yeah. Do you want to use that as your gimme? Actually, no. We already chose my gimme. Okay. And I forgot what it was. You did. Oh, I'll remind you. Yeah. Off-line. Oh, did you write it down? No, I just remember what it was. Oh, the, I remember the artist. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I know now. I got the album, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. And we didn't spoil it either. Yeah. Man. We're good at that. They still don't know that we're ending with, and it's going to be great. Yes. You got scared. You thought I was going to say it. I did. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I mean, if you're going to reveal it now, that would, you know, it's your own prerogative. We can't reveal it. It's the way you want to live. I can't tell you what to do. Right, yeah. Should we reveal it at the end of this or just release the episode? Because you do put the title of the album we review in the episode title. I do. Title. We, let's reveal it when we're done. When we're done? When we're done. All right. Speaking of which, I got a top five. Do you got a top five? I got a t- Yeah. And you know what? I keep going back and forth on what I want in my top five because I really like this album. And But I'm ready. Because it's like there's things I didn't put in my top five that I'm like, I probably should have put that in my top five. We got a 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 top five. We got a, we got a, we got a top five. And what's your honorable mention, Gabe? Okay. What is my, oh, this was so hard, man. This is a really hard top five. This is one of the hardest top fives I've ever had. Same. Honestly. Me against the world is my honorable mention. It's just me against the world. Interesting. I had that in my top five. It just nearly, 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 nearly. I want to say some of the lines on this thing. Go for it, homie. Don't settle for less. Even the genius ask his questions. Be grateful for blessings. Don't ever change. Keep your essence. The power is in the people and politics we address. Always do your best. Don't let this pressure make you panic i really love that line those lines especially the powers and the people mm. it is Pac was so ahead of his time bro mm-hmm. they had to get rid of this nigga mm-hmm. he was he was too much that's why he had two in his name because he was too much for these niggas but yeah i love me against the world even the the outlaws the outlaws get in some good bars you know even when the when the little niggas are going off on the track that's when you know. That's when you know it's pretty fire. Uh, number five, young niggas. I fucking love the hook on this. Yeah. The singing nigga. This is just like it's everything I want in the G funk. The G funk. The this it's it's great. I love. It's like it's like super fast too. It's like a the first verse is about him being young, like ten years old. 
and just being a, a young nigga, but not really beyond in the game. Then he moves to junior high when he starts getting a little bit more trouble. Shit starts popping off, turning 17, fucking around. And then the third verse moves into where he is now at the crossroads of both of like these kind of like, you know, I'm an adult now, but there's still things from my past I'm still dealing with. Like the progression in the verses, I love the obvious, like I just said, the singing nigga, great hook. I love how fucking this is so g-funk this is like one of the most g-funk songs on the fucking album and it's just it's the sound of my childhood you know i love g-funk so fucking love uh there's some lines on this song too i was gonna say uh young motherfucking hustlers make that money boy stay strong nigga you could be a fucking accountant not a dope dealer you know what i'm saying go to school nigga fuck around you pimping out here you could be a lawyer nigga go get the priority straight Johnny Conquer out here. You really go. Really though, young niggas. Shouting everybody out. We could be more than just what being in the streets is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. I butchered the, all those lines, but you listen to the song. Pac was on some shit. I love young niggas. Great song. Uh, number four. So many tears. I was a many years. Was a many tears. <laughs> oh, now you're really butchering it. When you, when you try to sound like Tupac, that's that, a little insulting. That was my uh, impression of Dave Chappelle impersonating uh, Tupac. You oh. were doing an impression of an impression? Yes. Oof. That's rough. You know that sketch, right? Yeah, I know what the sketch. What can that nigga do? After <laughs> people voted for George W. <laughs> Amazing. It's yeah. so spot on, though. It's a great impression. But yeah, I love So Many Tears. Like, the... The sample, the beat, the it feels like you're somebody described this album as like a jazz album. It's like a rap jazz album. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so jazzy. It feels like it, it goes through the motions of fast pace and slow pace so seamlessly. Yeah. Like it has nice ebbs and flows throughout the entire album. And this song is just like the vividness of Pac's lyrics really like he paints the pictures of everything so well and like it's everything is so vivid let me get some shit off when you lose people and you 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 know and it makes you cognizant of your own downfall and and that's what he was kind of you know he knew after everything he's been seeing that he knew he was next at some point like it's really the propheticness of the fucking lyrics in this thing man it's haunting Mm -hmm. now i'm lost and i'm weary so many tears I'm suicidal, so don't stand near me. My every move is a calculated step to bring me closer to embrace an early death. I had my mind full of demons trying to break free. They planted seeds and they hatched, sparking the flame. Inside my brain like a match, such a dirty game. No memories, just misery. Fucking gets me, man. Hey, it's in my top five as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It should be. Number uh, three, Temptations. Because the placement is great. The placement of some of these these key songs that break up the darkness, you get a whole batch of darkness from uh, "If I Die Tonight" to uh, "If I Die Tonight," "Me Against the World." "Me Against the World" is not exactly a dark song, but there's dark uh, connotations in it. Yeah, there's, and there's so many tears, and then it goes into temptation. So many tears are so dreary, and then it goes into. Moby, drop that shit, and then you're back. You're at the house party, and that's how it is in the hood. Something horrible happens in Monday, 
On Friday, you still go to the party. You still go to the function to chill with your niggas. And maybe some hoes come over. You're still sad about what happened on Monday. But life goes on. Life goes on. And this song is like not even just like a, a great party record. It's even a real message of like thugs aren't these people that are like subhuman. That aren't like feeling anything. You know? Thugs need love. And they get insecure too. He really touches on that so vividly. I love it. I love the song. Like the I know you've been searching for someone. Like it's so like I can picture myself dancing with a ninety-five bitch to this. Like, like it's a good vibe, but there's like real lyrics and like substance. And like this nigga pulls off not only being a revolutionary, but like a a real social commentary type of rapper. Yeah. Even in a song that's uh, a love song, necessarily. Um, yeah, number three, Temptations. Number two, If I Die Tonight. Yeah. Ooh. It's in my top five as well. Ooh. Such a good song. It's it, like immediately, you know, this nigga was on some shit. Especially coming in. Like, I think that's great to come in after the intro. Yeah. Like, you hear all those news clips. Uh. And then it's just, If I Die Tonight. This int- the, the the first like six songs on this thing, good. Woo! I uh, I'm gonna get this out of the way. The intro is my honorable mention. Okay, just because I really like it's how it sets great, everything up. Yes, it sets it up so great. But it's obviously it's, it's not, not a song long enough to be a yeah yeah. Uh, but I liked how the track on it, the beat and everything fit with those news clips. Yeah, like that was perfect for me. I have here. It's an amazing intro that lets you know where Pac's head was. The intro bleeds into the into the dark and vivid second track. That's just it's just truth and venom. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's just the truth and venom. I already quoted some of the lyrics. Just like fucking. It's like a. It's not even. It's like. That's why I say like. There's. It's the only. It. It's so much like ready to die. Yeah. And I don't want. And it's like. I don't want to make it seem like Pac was. Uh, plagiarizing "Ready to Die" because it's 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 a different type of album. It feels like because he did think Biggie was uh, the one who set him up for the robbery. It feels more like he, for a little bit when he was recording, was like, "I'm gonna do his shit, but better." And arguably, he might have. I prefer. I still think "Ready to Die" is like the uh, the one of the quintessential rap hip-hop albums that you need to listen to but this album is just like it does ready to die style in a complete and different way and in some some ways yes it's better in some ways yes i think this album is better than ready to die and i think some ways ready to die is better than this album but holy shit I didn't know this was like this. You know, Gabe, it sounds like we have to do Ready to Die in season two. It sounds like we have to do Ready to Die in season two. Yeah. Wink, wink, wink. Wink, wink, wink. Uh, (laughs) Before I get into my number one, I'm going to get into my least favorite. Yeah, I'm interested in hearing what it is. Because so far, I think we only agreed on two top fives. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I want to see, and you gave an honorable mention to. I'm gonna spoil my least favorite. You gave an honorable mention to mine. To be against the world's your least. No, favorite? that's in my top five. Okay. Uh, Outlaw. I I don't vibe with that song. Outlaw's your least favorite. Yeah. It might just be because for me it's the placing in yeah. the in the album, 
So it's like I would have done Death Around the Corner as the last song. Yes, I was gonna say that. Yeah, because I like completely agree with you. Death the, Around the Corner would have been a way better ender. Yeah, the way that would loop around because like again, when I listen to these albums, I do it numerous listenings on repeat. Yeah. So ending with Death Around the Corner, going into the intro, and then into If I Die Tonight. That would be a great loop back. Yeah, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Death Around the Corner is a fucking great song. Yeah. Uh, sadly, it did not make my uh, top and is not my favorite song, just to let everyone know. I think it's a great song, just kind of barely missed the placing. Uh, Outlaw almost made my least favorite song, just for that very reason for it being so not a good ender, a yeah. very lackluster ending to an amazing album. Yeah, and to me, the ender has to be as strong as the opener. Yes, because it yeah, does not do that because it, it closes it. It closes. It spoke. Death around the corner would have been just really, really great to go into back into the intro. That would have worked so well. Yeah. My least favorite, though, I I was gonna do outlaw. My least favorite is can you get away? And you know what? That was almost my least favorite. Look at us, dude. Great minds, man. Wow, they think alike. Yeah, like. Just because it just, like I was talking about previously, I don't like the, and it's not the first song. This is a common theme in music because it it happens in life where, you know, you're with a lady and, you know, you're an insecure man and you check her phone and some dude is in her phone telling her how much he's a better man than you. And it's like, why are you entertaining this guy? I thought you loved me. But, you know. These things happen, but I don't like hearing songs about it. You know, I've been on, I've been the one guy and I've been the other guy who's been telling the girl that the guy wasn't shit. You know, in my more horrible days, in my, you know, bitch made nigga days, you know, I'll admit I was on some whack shit. That's whack shit. Stop telling niggas that you're better than them. You don't even know that dude, you know? I mean, sometimes it's valid. But it is on her to break up with that nigga. You should not be throwing wrenches. But at the same time, don't defend this. I'm Stuff. just I'm just saying Don't, like no sometimes no let's just Gabe let's just say the trash takes itself out anyway let me get to my number one but I'm just all right yeah give me a drum roll please see money Lord knows Lord really? knows Lord knows Ugh. fuck in love I'm sorry my vocals are all over the place there uh, yeah amazing you chose that because it's Easter. No, <laughs> I know. I'm I am not. Uh, Today is Easter. We're recording this on Easter. Happy Easter, by the way, Gabe. You know, you want to hear something about Easter, man? You don't believe in it. Uh, that, <laughs> and I never celebrated it before. I grew up a Jehovah's Witness. Oh, I'm sorry. It was it was very hard and traumatic. No Halloween either. No Halloween. Yeah. Uh, I grew up a Jehovah's Witness, and I whenever Easter is around, I don't even like think of it as like a thing. It's like. Oh, I forget. People like do celebrate Easter. Yeah, it's weird to me. For me, I just liked my dad would always make a really good roast for family dinner. Then we'd have an Easter egg hunt. Mom would make Easter baskets filled with candy. And then tomorrow's the real holiday when everything's like half off on the candy. So you got Reese's peanut butter eggs gonna be half off tomorrow and then you get them and then you save them for 420 which is like two or three days yeah and they're always in your freezer so you get a fucking frozen egg but it's not gonna be the ones i got last time where it's the whole egg it's like that half egg the same size that they do the uh peanut butter trees around christmas um yeah. 
I'm gonna say some of these lines here. I'm gonna go for it. Say up. it. Don't sing it. Uh, I want to sing it. I wonder <laughs> no, if the me. Lord will forgive me or bury me a G. I couldn't let my adversaries worry me. And every single day it's a test. Wear a bulletproof vest. Damn. And still a nigga stressing over death. And you know what's sad? He said that and he was caught lacking. He wasn't wearing his bulletproof vest. Died because he got shot. One time, one time. Fuck the 5 because they after me. Kill me if they could. I'll never let them capture me. Then lost too many niggas to this gang banging. Hobies died in my arms with his brain hanging. Fucked up. Had to tell him it was all right. And that's a lie. And he knew it when he shook and died. My God. You know what? Vivid. I would love to have seen what people said at the time about that line. Because you have on To Pimp a Butterfly when Kendrick's like, fuck the popo, they want to kill me in the street for show. Yeah. And hey, popo, we didn't get a dead in the streets for show. Yeah. They, uh, and then they're fucking blasting him on, I mean, it's probably Fox at that time, so it's like, who cares what they think? Yeah. But it's like, I want to see what they would have thought about that line you just said. Because uh, it's like along the same vein. No, I mean, he was regularly harassed by the police. So right. Yeah. They didn't fuck with him. Yeah, they not the police. Two off-duty cops. I just want to know what the media and everything was saying at the time about. Oh, that. they were they were shitting on him. Yeah, see, I would have known. I was he was three. a menace. <laughs> he was the, he was supposed to be. He was trying to be in the movie Menace to Society because yeah. he was a menace to society at the time. Yeah, he was really made for that role. He should have got that role. Yeah, but you know, the Lorenz Tate did a great job as O Dog. Yeah. No disrespect. He was awesome in that movie. If you ain't seen Mr. Society, it's a great movie. Real great nigga movie. All the nigga actors are in it. The nigga that gets everybody in trouble. The light is is a light skinned nigga that gets everybody in trouble in these movies from like ninety one to like two thousand. Mm. He's in like every nigga movie. He always plays the same dude. He's in it. Fucking uh uh who else is in it? Samuel L. Jackson's in it. Uh, who else is in that motherfucker? Great movie. I love MC8 is in it. Great movie, Mr. Society. But yeah, Lord knows. Amazing track. It's about depression. It's about fucking feeling like you're done. Like you have no fucking way out. It's like the most Tupac song, Tupac song you've ever heard. It's mm-hmm. Every time I hear it, I hear the Lord knows. Like It's like a fucking choir. It's like church to me. Amazing track. Best, I gave it a 10. The song or the album? The 10. I get the song. I give the song a, a 10. Nice. What is your top five? Well, it doesn't include Lord Knows. It doesn't? No. Damn. That's what I'm saying. It's I, like I kept going back on what songs to include. That was one of them. Yeah. But, eh. Let me hear. So, number five for me, Me Against the World. Okay. Number four, So Many Tears. Yes. Number three, If I Die Tonight. Yes. Okay. Number two, old school. Oh I yeah, I love old school. Old uh, old school nearly missed the cut. Old school is a fucking great track. It, it is awesome. It, it is, is so cool. And number one for me, death around the corner. Both two great fucking tracks. I'm happy yeah. that your yours has death around the corner and old school because I felt bad for not having them on my top five because mm-hmm. I really do like those songs a lot. I really they're great I love songs. The the east coast feel of old school because he's paying homage to the east coast yeah because he's saying it's like 
I wouldn't be here without you guys. Yeah, and he 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 was living on the East Coast. Like he's from New York and Baltimore. Like he that's his people too. So he knows that shit. So it was really cool to hear him like give so much uh, fucking love to fucking MC Shan to fucking Marley Mar the fucking <laughs> LL to all to Def Jam Run DMC like all the even shouts out Queen Latifah like it's fucking awesome and Death Around the Corner is like feels like like uh like you're like I feel like him in the fuck in a trap house. Or just like in a house in general with the AK, just feeling like my enemies are right. It puts you in that mindset, that beat, the beat, everything, the atmosphere, the vocal, yeah. everything. Fuck. And, and it's like old school, fuck the world, death around the corner would have been three great songs to end the album with. Yes. And then he snuck in Outlaw. Outlaw is just kind of there. It yeah. Feels like this album did come out when he was incarcerated. I, I don't know for sure if people arranged the album or if he arranged the album. If I feel, I don't know if, honestly, Outlaw is a decent song. It feels like a song that should have should not even been on the album. It sounds honestly, like a B-side. yeah, if it, had to be on the album anywhere i would probably put it after can you get away to get back into the feel of what those other three would bring because i think if it went outlaw old school fuck the world death around the corner i feel like that's a better listing yeah. of those four songs otherwise i think this is a wonderful album obviously yeah with that minor issue with the last song um <laughs> what's your rating you know I really wanted to give it a 10, but Outlaw ending it killed it for me, so I give it a 9.75. Wow. Yeah. That is really high. You really? Yeah. I really I, like this. I really like this album. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that you're wrong on that. I think I gave it a 9. Mm-hmm. I didn't... Not a uh, 9. Not, I think the... I love this album... But I think the the ending not being so great and me not being in love with uh whatchamacallit Can, can You Get, get Away. A- See, and I didn't hate Can You Get Away that much because of where it was on the album. So it didn't really stick out to me for a least favorite. So yeah, I give I give it a nine. I think me against the world should go in the corridor of greatness. Yeah, there you go. It's there. Corridor of greatness. You said nine point seven five? Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I was listening to this all day. I fucked with everything. Like, I didn't even hate Outlaw that much. I don't hate it either. For I, me, I it's, it's just the placement. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, is my score too low? No. Your score is how you feel. Okay. My score is how I feel. All right. All right, good. Yeah. I'm happy we did this album. Make sure you guys catch us next week. Are you ready for this? Are we going to reveal it? Oh, uh, yeah. Is, yeah. Is it time? Yeah, it's time. It's Our time. finale. Our finale for season one. Are you ready for this? Uh, Drum roll, Gabe. Drum roll. The Wall by Pink Floyd. Hey! All in all, brick on the wall. Close. You're close. Something like that. Uh, I have it on vinyl. Gabe says he really wants to listen to it on vinyl. I've never listened to one Pink Floyd song in my life. There you go. So I figured The Wall. this album. But it's... I'm, yeah, I don't want to spoil this anything. This is a big deal. This is a big album. Yeah, it, it's long. It's uh, it tells hey, a it tells a story. Yeah, <laughs> it tells a story. It uh, it's got great messaging in it. Yeah, it's great. Isn't there a movie with it? Yeah, I haven't watched the movie though. 
we should watch the movie. That's too. another podcast. We should we'll, we'll we'll listen to the album and then we should watch the movie. We after. should sync up the album with the movie and Ugh, see what happens. We're fucking stoners. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next time you hear us, it is The Wall, Big Floyd. And then after that, we're going to switch it up. That's the end of the season. Uh, before... We, uh, we'll, we'll discuss what you're about to discuss at the end of episode 10. With that being said, see you later. Sayonara. Bye-bye. See ya. No more. Wouldn't Bye. Want to see ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. So <laughs> it's like, I used to be like, see ya. Wouldn't want to fucking be ya. Jesus. There's so much hatred in your voice when you say that. Yeah. So I really, really wanted the wouldn't want to be ya to really stick. So I'll get fucked with it.